Mad Beef is kept going and growing by generous support from Skater HQ. Bill and the team have been heavily involved in the inline skating community since 1991 and continue to support competitions, skaters, and now a podcast. You can visit Skater HQ at one of their Sydney shops or shop online at skaterhq.com.au. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. It really means a lot. If you want to become a patron of the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a monthly contribution. Even just $2 a month would be a huge encouragement. Hi, and welcome to Mad Beef, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and in this episode, I want to talk about what, if anything, rollerblading can learn from big business books by Jim Collins about how to become great and to stay great. Have you heard of Good to Great by Jim Collins or Built to Last by Jim Collins? They're both big business growth, uh, how you can become a great business sort of books, huge fame. Um, Built to Last was like from 1995 and then Good to Great 2001, both huge must-reads, lots of great inspiring advice in them. Um, And maybe they're helpful to learn for a business or a church or a not-for-profit or whatever about how can I go from mediocre practices in my organization to great ones, you know? Um, uh, Good to great is more about how you explode and become massive and great and all this kind of stuff. Um, It has, its advice is things about like how doing the okay, the good thing, is an enemy of the really great thing, how you need level five leaders who aren't just able to do the job or even powerful, but are humble, generous, um, don't push themselves forward, how you should find the right people, uh, you get the right people on the bus, he says, rather than just, um, you know, worry about what they're going to do, how you need to confront the brutal facts with reality, um, uh, how you need to have a simple concept for what you're aiming to do, you need a culture of discipline, technological accelerators, and, and all this kind of stuff. And the problem with that book, right, a lot of those things are great advice and could be great advice for a rollerblading business or a rollerblading organisation or a rollerblading podcast or whatever. Um, but the problem of that book, I think, there's lots you can learn from it, but um, it can seem to imply if you nail these things, bam, then you'll turn the flywheel and go to great and explode. And I think that promise is misleading. I found in terms of an overall way of thinking, um, a far more helpful way of um, uh, thinking um, uh, about, um, uh, you know, the book that was far more helpful for thinking about doing things that ordinary people do is his earlier book, Built to Last, uh, because Built to Last um, talks about how companies often grow to great lasting greatness over long periods of time. And so it's not just you nail the good to great stuff um, and then um, you explode, uh, but rather you slowly build up a culture of really strong things. And as you build up that culture, then over time you last and, and, and impact and endure and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think that's the one that's more relevant uh, to rollerblading. So I just want to go through some of the stuff that Built to Last has to say. He looks at a whole bunch of businesses that last long term and uh, considered you know, highly respected um, and, and, and excellent at what they do. And he says, how have they gotten to that point? And let's see if there's things that we can learn from that. 
um, for rollerblading. Um, so first he talks about um, uh, clock building, not time telling. Uh, so time telling, uh, he says, is having a great idea or being a charismatic uh, visionary leader. But clock building is building a company that can prosper far beyond the presence of any single leader and through multiple product life cycles. So in other words, you can tell the time, that's you know one watch, you look at it, you can tell the time. To build clocks is you have multiple people who can tell the time. That's basically the idea. It's like that saying, you can teach a man to fish, uh, you can give a man a fish and feed him today, or teach a man to fish, and you can do it for a lifetime. That same principle applied to leadership, right? You've got to multiply leaders. What does that mean for rollerblading? Well, it's not enough to sell rollerblading products, be a good rollerblader, um, but rather we need to teach others to rollerblade, yes, um, but more than that, still lift up others to influence and inspire and teach still others to rollerblade. Still, I think that's the basic thing, that lift up others to be leaders um, in our communities and in our sport. So, that, that, I mean, that... That's a good way of thinking, right? More than just you doing it, more than just you producing something, you teaching others and encouraging others to teach others and encouraging others to take a lead. Clock building. Uh, he also talks about more than profits. Um, uh, this idea of um, uh, you, you, the goal is not simply to make a product today, but to be true to what you believe in. And I guess that's really important with, it, with rollerblading as a sport. We don't want to sell our soul just to make money. Uh, we want to make sure that we actually also care about um, what really matters to us. Now, I don't think that means you don't get involved in recreational skating. I don't think that's got about big wheel blading, although for some companies it might be. Like if Valo never does big wheel blading, for example, then good on them for preserving what matters to them, you know? Um, uh, this goal of actually sort of having a high vision of what our sport's going to be, high standards for what some of our companies are going to be or what some of our skating's going to be, don't sell out completely just in the desperate hope of fame. Yeah? There's something more than profits, what really matters to us. Um, he talks about preserving the core while stimulating progress. Those, both those two things are important. And I mean, that's for rollerblading, we need to learn about that, right? We need to both preserve the core of what we've got and keep doing that well, preserving core companies, core values, core tricks, core, um, uh, uh, the core community, but also stimulating progress, which means trying new things, different things, things that aren't as, um, uh, um, as familiar, good, uh, safe, reliable, already accepted as cool, right? So I guess that's the core skating and the mushroom blading is an example of that, isn't it? Uh, talks about big, hairy, audacious goals. So keeping on setting big goals, and I think that's great. I think we want to both be content with where we are, but dreaming about where we could be. Do we have big, hairy, audacious goals for how we could, uh, where rollerblading could be? in the future. I think it's good to have, if you hold on to that too much, oh, let's go back to the 1990s, 2000s, um, then that's just depressing and nostalgic. But a little bit of that, um, of where we could be into the future, I think there's something energising about that. Cult-like cultures, he talks about, meaning um, a strongly held value, a fervently held ideology, a strong desire to indoctrinate people in to what matters to us in our culture and our sport, a tightness for 
fit. I mean, this, this is about kind of firing people if they don't fit into the culture of your organisation. And I don't think we fire people <laughs> from rollerblading. So I don't think at that point we can really learn from this. But, but I guess particularly if you're building a particular podcast or a particular company, um, then you'd want to be making sure that you're building people um, you know, keeping people on board who really do fit with what you're trying to do. I guess it applies in that way, I suppose. And elitism in the sense of really wanting to do the best, the best, the best, the best. And again, I think there's place for not being just okay at rollerblading, um, but we want always want some who are wanting to be the best. Best at the level that you want to be, perhaps, is a way of putting it. And it's definitely for those who are aiming for something more. We should aim for being the best of the best. It talks about trying a lot of stuff and keeping what works. Yep, great, great advice. Totally applies to rollerblading, right? Trying lots of little things, giving them a quick try, seeing how they work, learning from it, uh, developing the things that work. I mean, that totally makes sense with rollerblading in all sorts of ways. Homegrown management, I guess that's skater-owned companies, skater-owned podcasts, uh, growing up people. Again, it's, it's encouraging the people in your scene as well to take a lead, to teach others, to see, feel a sense of ownership. We're not looking to some company out there. We're not looking to some TV network out there to be the future of rollerblading. We're encouraging those of us from within to make a difference. Good enough never is good enough. Great. Again, same thing, right? Um, that we... Um, we uh, don't just want to be, oh, this is good enough, my skating's good enough, rollerblading's popularity's good enough, rollerblading technology is good enough, that's never good enough, good enough is never good enough, what's next, what's more, what's bigger? Now again, some of us might go, and to a large extent that's me, I go, well, you know, look, I'm happy to be okay at rollerblading, good enough is good enough, I'm having a good time. And there's others who just want to put on their skates occasionally, good enough is good enough, having a good time, great. So that's a relative thing. But, but something of that desire, good enough, never is good enough, we want more, is a really awesome thing. Um, uh, we've got to apply these values to, at the end of the beginning, this chapter 10 of Built to Last talks about applying these big ideas, it's cult like culture and good enough never is, and more than profits, and trying a lot of stuff and keep it at what works, applying that right down to the nitty gritty of, of, of uh, the organisation. And so, you know, sure, that if you're running a rollerblading company, a rollerblading podcast, a rollerblading page, you've got to ask, are we in everything that we do working out what matters to us? You know, I mean, I suppose a version of that is, are there other ways I can weave my commitment to rollerblading into my everyday life? I don't know. Um, and then building the vision. So keep thinking vision, keep thinking big, keep, you know, setting a vision. And, and, and so um, not just focusing on the details but focusing on the big picture how rad is rollerblading i don't know i think that's kind of cool it's a cool book you know if you're interested in those kind of books that'd be worth reading and just going you know there are principles there they're kind of obvious common sense principles in a way um but they're a way of helping you think big but helping you go thinking big what i like about built to last is it's thinking big uh in a way that just focuses on the slow burn the slow build the slow momentum to get somewhere um, and uh, and I think that's the way we want to be thinking as rollerblading organizations companies communities as a whole sport is just slowly building keeping commitment aiming for excellence trying new things setting a vision of what could be big hairy audacious goals um, a sense of some with a real desire to do the best they can that good enough never is good enough um, 
uh, and those are the things that slowly, steadily frame us to be ready to potentially have another surge of power and popularity in the future. Now, of course, these books have been criticised and rightly criticised in various ways. Um, uh, there's particularly famously a, um, a book called The Halo Effect, uh, written by a guy called um, uh, Phil Rosenzweig, um, who criticised these kind of books and called them a, um, a cargo cult, um, a, a cargo cult science, um, using the superficial trappings of science, but mainly just operating on the level of storytelling. That business books are largely delusional books, pseudoscientific, that promise if you follow these best practices, you'll succeed. <laughs> um, uh, and so the halo effect criticised these sorts of books by saying, well, actually, if you look at a lot of these companies that, that built to last, researched, 50% um, of them didn't last. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't so powerful after all, right? Look at the good to great companies, same, same. If you invested based on the companies that these books said were great, uh, your investment wouldn't have worked out well. And sure, I mean, that's a Jim Collins himself responds to that by going, all I'm doing is learning lessons from what made them great at that point of time, not promising that they will stay great forever. Sure, sure. Um, but, but more than that, um, uh, the halo effect point is you only focus on the ones that are already succeeding and, and form a theory based on what's already succeeding, failing to realise that others could do exactly the same things and not get the same results. So you've got to always look at, well, who are the people that look pretty much the same but didn't get go from good to great, that didn't last? And so with rollerblading, we could do all the good to great things, all the built to last things, all the things that everyone says we should do, stay with the core, develop and improve, or not be defensive and complain online, or whatever it is that people are saying is the recipe for whatever, and still, we, you may not get the result you want. As another uh, professor of strategic management, um, Richard Davini says, these business books are slippery, it's like grabbing a frog. Um, to take Built to Last or any business book as gospel is to set yourself up for a fall. Um, uh, that um, you've got to be careful is um, uh, to think that, oh, we tick these boxes, we'll be fine. Another writer, Kahneman, um, in his book Thinking Fast and Slow, says the basic message of Built to Last and other similar books is that good managerial practices can be identified and that good practices will be rewarded by good results. Both messages are overstated. The comparison of firms that have been more or less successful is to a significant extent a comparison between firms that have been more or less lucky. Knowing the importance of luck, you should be particularly suspicious when highly consistent patterns emerge from the comparison of success and less successful firms. In the presence of randomness, regular patterns can only be mirages. So there is no recipe of guaranteed success for the future of rollerblading. Yeah, so that's, that's the important qualification. Um, and yet, uh, insofar as these are still good practices and they're good to do that can lead to lasting greatness and a bigger impact, but may not, well then let's go for them. Let's be inspired by these things. Let's work at them, not with this um, faith and this hope that somehow these things will definitely happen, um, but just going, these things will be good anyway, and if we pursue them, we'll set us up well to potentially have a larger impact and to be ready for it when it comes. Bit of a ramble, I know, but who knows, maybe something in there 
piqued your interest um, and might actually be of relevance to what you're doing in the area of rollerblading. I'm <laughs> keen to hear what you think. Take care. Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just $2 a month, every little bit helps.